Thank you for joining me for Genesis chapter 5. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In that day, God created man. He made him in God's likeness. He created them male and female and blessed them. On the day they were created, he named them Adam. Adam lived 130 years and became the father of a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he became the father of Seth were 800 years and he became the father of other sons and daughters. All the days that Adam lived were 930 years. Then he died. Seth lived 105 years and he became the father of Enosh. Seth lived, after he became the father of Enosh, 807 years and became the father of other sons and daughters. All the days of Seth were 912 years and then he died. Enosh lived 90 years and became the father of Kenan. Enosh lived, after he became the father of Kenan, 815 years and became the father of other sons and daughters. All the days of Enosh were 905 years and then he died. Kenan lived 70 years and he became the father of Mahalalel. Kenan lived after he became the father of Mahalalel 840 years and became the father of other sons and daughters. And all of the days of Kenan were 910 years, and then he died. Mahalalel lived 65 years, and then he became the father of Jared. Mahalalel lived after he became the father of Jared 830 years, and became the father of other sons and daughters. All the days of Mahalalel were 895 years, and then he died. Jared lived 162 years and then became the father of Enoch. Jared lived, after he became the father of Enoch, 800 years and became the father of other sons and daughters. All the days of Jared were 962 years and then he died. Enoch lived 65 years, then he became the father of Methuselah. After Methuselah's birth, Enoch walked with God for 300 years and became the father of more sons and daughters. All the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not found, for God took him. Methuselah lived 187 years, then became the father of Lamech. Methuselah lived, after he became the father of Lamech, 782 years and became the father of other sons and daughters. All the days of Methuselah were 969 years, then he died. Lamech lived 182 years, then became the father of a son. He named him Noah, saying, This one will comfort us in our work and in the toil of our hands caused by the ground which Yahweh has cursed. Lamech lived, after he became the father of Noah, 595 years and became the father of other sons and daughters. All the days of Lamech were 777 years and then he died. Noah was 500 years old and then Noah became the father of Shem, Ham and Japheth. 
It's an interesting chapter. It's a, chron- a chronology of fathers and sons and how long between them all. It leaves out a lot of detail. We don't know, for example, if the sons that are mentioned are the first sons. We know that in the very first example, Adam, it said, lived 130 years and had Enoch. Uh, sorry, had Seth. We know that Seth was the third son, at least. So um, it's, it's not giving all the detailed information. And then, of course, each one of these examples says that they had sons and daughters. So that's how come we know that Adam and Eve had uh, a lot of children other than the ones that were named. One of the most startling things about this chapter is the long ages that everyone has. You've got people like Jared living 962 years, Methuselah, 969 years, Noah, 930 years. You think, wow, I, I can hardly imagine living that long. What would you do if you got to live a thousand years or 900 years? Plenty of time to perfect playing the piano. Well, you know, learn 10 languages. There's time for lots of things. And presumably that's what they did. They did lots of things. And if Noah, if um, Adam and Eve did have 56 children, like Jewish tradition tells us, they certainly had time for it, given that they lived into their 900s. But people struggle with these long ages. They think, oh, that's, that can't be right. It's, and it's just so different to what we know. And there's a, there's a passage a little bit later in the scriptures where God decides that they're living too long and he's gonna limit the, the lifespans. And we do see after the flood, later on in the book of Genesis, people start living shorter and shorter and shorter. There's a point where God says that the lifespan of a human is limited to 120. And that pretty much is it. Every now and then you meet a human that'll live into you know, 116 or something like that but pretty much 120 is the limit. And that's a biblical, a biblical description of our upper age. But there's no reason to believe that people didn't live longer before. The world was a very different place before the flood. Things were different, conditions were different. And I, if I was to think to myself, what was the world like even just say 150 years ago, you can look up statistics and you can find out that the average life expectancy was about 40 in the 1800s and you think, wow, the life and the world that we know today is very different. Imagine if someone from the 1800s hopped in a time machine and came forward to our day and they said, whoa, everyone's living to 80 and 90 years of age. That's just unheard of. And uh, life expectancy is just different because the world is just different. Uh, Conditions are different. And that's just what we've got here in the book of Genesis. We have a, a world that's newly created. It's, it's a lot better conditioned world than what the world we're living in now is. People talk about climate change. The world is certainly not as good now as it was when it was first created. And um, Jesus certainly believed in literal people, like, when, like Adam and Eve, for example. And he certainly believed that the book of Genesis was a factual book. When you read the gospel accounts, Jesus talks about Adam and Eve and things they did as actual historical events. And so it's hard to write them off as metaphors or these these ages as just made up numbers. They're not, these are historical accounts. And I think the Bible can be trusted on this point. We can trust the Bible on many other points, 
because we look around at our experience and we say, oh, that matches. But we need to also trust the Lord in these points that we, we're not sure about because we know God is trustworthy with so many things. We just say, all right, that's the way it must have been. And as Christians, there you can't avoid the fact that there is a supernatural element to being a Christian. Our whole entire faith is hinged on one key event, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If that didn't happen, we don't even have a faith. Everything that we do as Christians is completely pointless. And Christians believe that the Lord was raised from the dead. The, that's impossible, but not impossible to God. And these things we, we look at, and some of them in the early books of Genesis, they just don't seem realistic. But we're really talking about things that, that even though they're beyond our experience, they're not impossible because this is the way God set them up and the way that God did them. And when we get to start talk about the flood in the next few chapters, this is something that people really struggle with. But no, if, if we as Christians believe in the resurrection of Christ and we believe in the virgin birth, these types of things are essential to our faith, then we have to accept the fact that there are other things in the Bible that are also supernatural and there's no reason why we can't accept them as well. The Bible all the way through is a very down-to-earth book. It describes very natural and very earthy things like the children of Israel complaining and grumbling because they didn't have enough food. Like there's a lot of very down-to-earth stuff. And then it has these things as well, which seem surreal. They seem made up. But no, we have every reason to trust the Lord with them also. So as we go through the Bible, we're going to encounter things that we're not familiar with, like these long ages. And um, when we encounter them, Let's see it as a, an exciting discovery of things that God has done and let's try to learn from it rather than think we can dice up the Bible and throw out the bits we don't understand. In the end, if God is an infinite God, God is beyond our understanding, certainly. There's always going to be things we don't understand and that is part of the journey, part of the excitement of following him. So Lord, I thank you that even in the Bible, in parts that are just chronologies, like Genesis chapter 5, even in parts that don't seem to have any interesting stories to tell, Lord, you're in these chapters too. And I ask that the Bible would speak to each and every heart. And today I would pray you'd help us when we come across parts of the scriptures that are harder to accept because they don't match our lived experience. Like, for example, these long ages here in Genesis chapter 5. So I ask you to speak to every heart, soften our hearts and bring us to the place where we really know the Lord more and more. Amen.